RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to another episode of Live Bold and Boss Up. Ash and I here today. <laughs> when our golf attire, if you can see us, we're taking some golf lessons today. Tis the season for That's golf right. journeys. Oh, there's so many coming up. I'm excited. I am so excited. I, I really hope that we get better. We've done this like earlier in the year. <laughs> And I don't know if we saw improvement, so we're going to try it again. I was going to say speak for yourself. Oh. Because I feel like I've gotten a little bit. I say that. And then you I say wanna, that. I and then, yep. Yep. But it's I, all I've mental. been feeling good the past few times I've played. Good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need to get over. Oh, my God. We turned this into a golf conversation. Anyway, I'll pull out of that. I'll, I'll, I'll save that for another golf episode. Yeah, We'll do a, a special golf episode. What we really wanted to talk about was we've been noticing there's these workplace myths going around and we figured we're going to debunk these myths. So we, right. we, we're going to talk about these five work myths and debunk them for you. Let's do it. All right. So the first myth, and this is like super timely because everyone's talking about quitting quietly and it's okay to quit quietly. And people are doing this all over. Um, what do you think about it, Steph? Quitting quietly is not okay ever. You, you're either in it or you're not. Like make up your mind. You can't just check out of something and still be there. Like that's not like morally okay. Right. Should not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. You shouldn't, I, you shouldn't be able to, how are you there and not doing it or not in it? Isn't that obvious? Yeah. People have to see that. Right. And that's a reflection on you. Yeah. That's going to reflect super poorly on you. And that's a great way to get fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's you want to get what fired. trying to do. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm just the type of person, like, no matter what I do, I'm going to give it 110% or I'm not going to do it. Absolutely. I feel Agreed. like that's how you should be in everything in life. Agreed. So <clears throat> quitting quietly is bogus. I think people shouldn't be doing it for sure. Agreed. You're yeah. basically just quitting. You might as well just quit. Just quit. Just put in your resignation. Take the high road. Quit loudly. Quit loudly. <laughs> I quit. I quit, everybody. <laughs> Could you imagine? Okay, that's going like that the either. other extreme. <laughs> right, right, exactly. All right, what is next? All right, the second myth in the workplace is companies having to remain fully remote to stay competitive. This is a this is we, an interesting yeah. one. We hear sure. a lot from candidates, and I think they use it to get fully remote. But what we've seen now, like people are coming back in the office. Like our office is, we're pretty much in the office ninety percent of the time, mm -hmm. and we don't have to be remote. If there's someone that wants to be hundred percent remote, then. I, then it's not a good fit. Yeah. So I don't think you have to be 100% remote. Some people have that team culture and that collaborative environment where they want people on site and that's 
Great. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think companies probably have to have more of a flexible hybrid schedule to be competitive. Um, but then again, I've seen companies that still require everyone to come into the office and they're still getting great candidates. They're still getting interest mm-hmm. because you know why? They have an awesome culture and people people want that that face-to-face interaction. They want to connect with people. Right. I do think it's good to allow for some flexibility. No one wants like a super rigid, you have to be there from nine to five every day, no flexibility, unless it's like you're in the hospital or something and you have to. But if it's like a sales role or a role that you can do remotely, have them be in the office some of the time, most of the time, whatever you're, you know, culture is, but then allow for at least some flexibility so they don't feel trapped. Yeah, absolutely. So, so basically companies having to remain fully remote to stay competitive. It's definitely a myth. You, you just have to have flexibility. I mean, certainly you could be remote and get great candidates, but you're only going to get those candidates that don't, you know, that, yeah, that maybe aren't creating a particular culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So flexibility is key. Flexibility is key. I do. I do like that. I like that hybrid and that flexibility piece um, is like more known now. I think, I think people are really appreciating that like work life integration. You know? I agree. Yeah. All right. The third myth thing, and I'm not touching this with a 10 foot pole, but you can, this is all you. (laughs) Diversity and inclusion. Well, I've heard a lot. Yes. Obviously diversity and inclusion is a big topic and a very important thing right now, especially it's, um, I think a big focus is putting, is being put on it, which is good. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of myths, um, kind of both ways, actually, in the sense that, um, you know, companies are really focusing on implementing, um, diversity and inclusion policies. And then there's some that are kind of like, try to just go the opposite direction and hire for the person and not really focusing on that, which I feel like it should all be based on the person. Yes. It shouldn't matter what they look like, what sex they are, what, um, you know, physically that nothing physically should be taken accounted for. It's all about the skills. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's been a hot topic and yeah. I know it's kind of a touchy subject. It's so touchy, but I, I really feel, and I encourage companies to hire based on the skill set. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the best candidate win based on their skills and if they can do the job. Right. And I mean, if you have a diverse workplace, it's actually better for the organization because you get different thought processes, right? Different ideas. So that's actually better for the business. Um, And I will say, I feel like larger organizations have to do this a little bit more, right? Especially like public organizations. There's so many, there's so much red tape and, and things that they have to do. So, um, and that's where it kind of gets sticky for me where I don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole because there's so many things around that, but, um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it can be it can be a positive thing if if you look at it that if it's way. Done correctly, if it's done well. correctly, yeah. Yes. Whoa. All right, moving on because <laughs> I don't like that one. Okay, this is another myth. I think it's a myth in the workplace right now that contract roles are hot. What right. do you think about that? Well, um, I feel like people want stability. People want benefits. People want um, to be in a, in a permanent role um, because they, they, they want to feel like they're part of an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like contract rules will always be there, but I feel like perm is the way of the, the current situation market. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I definitely think that that was a, that is a um, derivative of COVID of those couple of years where there was so much uncertainty, uncertainty and people were let go. Right. And there was, they, they really now want to feel secure. They almost have like PTSD on not feeling secure and feeling needed or wanted. So there's like a whole shift now to where people want perm and, and they want to know the benefits and they want to know that they're cared for and appreciated. Yeah. So which, which in turn equals perm roles. Yeah. Although there's definitely still some people who prefer contract, but that's kind of how they roll and they, used to they do multiple yeah. contracts or whatever. It's more project based and that's a little different, but majority of the market. Right. And yeah. maybe they don't need benefits or maybe they have, they like to travel or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. depending on the person, but we're definitely seeing more perm mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, absolutely. So that's definitely debunked for sure. Okay, here's a super hot topic that I will touch. (laughs) Um, Surveys in the workplace, you know, they always say that they're anonymous. Are they anonymous? Mm, That's a great question. Right? Nobody wants to answer those if you know who it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Because you never know what what the... resolution is going to right. be like what is the purpose of the survey first is it like testing like um employee feedback on like the the current company like culture or the management like ooh, yeah i don't know that. i'd be a little like iffy if it's like um tell us how you think your managers are doing right you don't want to bash them right because first of all you never know second of all um if there's places for comments, there's always ways to like, hmm, who do you think this is? And I, some most of the times, I think you have to put your title in or you have to put your level, years of experience. So it kind of narrows it down. Right. They're going to, yeah. If you have to write something in, in the comment section, they could probably guess who it is, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you, right. your your style kind of adds in there as opposed mm-hmm. to just picking, oh, one through 10 and, and leveling them on a number scale or something like that. Right. Yeah, I would love to tricky. hear like people who know, like are these surveys really anonymous? Like if you do it through like SurveyMonkey or if you do it through another survey platform, like are they, are they not? Obviously there's a way to trace all these surveys. It goes to your email. There's gotta be a way on the back end like from a That's development totally. standpoint if you really want to know if you, you really want to know but but we've done survey monkeys before is that what it's called mm-hmm. i sound i feel like that sounds really weird because <laughs> you said survey monkeys oh um. i pluralized the monkeys and it shouldn't be it's like survey monkey okay yeah. all right so we did surveys through <laughs> survey monkey 
And we couldn't tell who it was, right? No. But, but to your point, maybe if you called in to the company, maybe you could, you could probably figure out like which computer router, right? Computer, yeah, what is really it? Yeah, if you really wanted to find out. Address or something? HTTP, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a, a super Ooh, techie person. I'm not sounding techie at all right now. <laughs> <laughs> Survey monkeys. Um, but yeah, no, that's interesting. And I would love to hear like some experts on this topic. Like, are they really anonymous? Can we find out? Who, I mean, I would like to, if people are trusting that it's anonymous, like why go through all that and like try to find out who wrote it? Because like they're trusting you. You're trying to build that trust. Yeah. But are they? But, are they not? but you know that there's probably some organizations out there that oh, do yeah. want to know who thinks what. A hundred percent. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would say if you are asked to take an anonymous survey from your workplace, um, be mindful be mindful of what you're marking down. Um, think to yourself, and I, I actually s- try to use this in my personal life. If someone was to ask me this in person, right. would you say it? Would I say it to them? Yeah. Right? Would I actually articulate this, and and how would I say it, and then respond accordingly? Totally. And I think that's mm-hmm. a great way to think of it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great. I feel like we debunked those myths, hopefully, or Uh at least we conversated about them. Conversated. (laughs) Conversed about them. We talked about them. We are so ready for golf right now. We're like, I know. I think it's it's Friday. We're ready for golf. We're going to peace out of here now. That was so much fun. Thank you all. And until next time, live bold and boss up. This is a Rock Stops here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. How you doing, Rock Riley here? This is the Rock Stops here. Where did I stop this week? I stopped and gave a microphone to a woman, young woman, everybody's young to me, uh, that's a mother that is full-time as a multi-digital broadcaster for Spectrum Sports in Tampa Bay. Uh, Her name is Olivia Stacy, and she is one of my favorites. I saw her probably, I don't even know, the years all go by now, but she was an up-and-coming young digital reporter for the Tampa Tribune. She was covering the lightning. She's doing a lot of sports stuff. She's got her camera. She was in front of the camera doing it all by herself, and she was doing a good job, and then she was so nice, and then, uh, you know, she's got the entire package, and I'm like, this girl is going to go far. You could see it. She ended up getting married, has a beautiful daughter, is being a mother. She made it through, you know, the pandemic, just like everybody did. She turned it into a positive. So it's very, very interesting. But, you know, she went to the University of Florida, was involved early in like news And then she did sports and then she was hooked like so many of us and ends up being a very, very successful sports broadcaster. So here she is and enjoy the one, the only Olivia Stacey. The Rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.